Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here live on WYSL until 1 p.m., and that means that you can call in and participate in the conversation. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. You can also participate in the conversation online on the Free Solution Facebook page, on the Kevin Wilson Facebook page, on my Twitter account, or on a free solution on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe there as well. And shout out down the line to our friends over at WACK out in New York and WENY, the Patriot down in Southern Tier. Thank you folks for listening today as well. And today I got I got two topics. Spend the first half talking about Andrew Cuomo. And the second half, I'm gonna talk about the the shooting that happened in Georgia and what we're getting wrong about that. And I know Larry talked about this yesterday, and you should listen to his show. It's awesome. Uh, I got uh, a few different things to say about this, though, and uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. So I want to start with the, the Andrew Cuomo stuff because, well, you know, we, we love talking about King Andrew, King Cuomo II, His Majesty. We, we love talking about uh, Andrew Cuomo because he needs to be held accountable. And often, he isn't. Finally, finally, there's a reckoning for all of his terrible abusive behavior that he's inflicted on this state and on the citizens of this state over the years. We're starting to see this come up. And and I want to make a couple points about this. One is I want to talk about the strategy that I think he's using and how I think he's going to ultimately end up getting out of this. Uh, and two, I, I do want to bring up a point because it's come up among my friends a few times, and, and I don't know if I mentioned it here, because, but people are saying, well, isn't the sexual harassment allegations, aren't the sexual harassment allegations a distraction from the much bigger issue of the nursing home deaths and the cover-up that the Cuomo administration allegedly participated in to – with withhold information about the, those deaths for political reasons, right? Is that is that a distraction from that, or a distraction from other stuff too? And I've heard the the Tappan Zee Bridge thing and and the other scandals we brought up are distraction, the, the sexual assault. Is it all? It's all meant to be a distraction from the nursing home situation, which is is really the biggest thing. I don't think that's what it is. What I think happened is that this type of stuff has been going on a bunch. But until the nursing home situation happened, it was political suicide for any Democrats to challenge Cuomo. They, they've looked at what the past election results are. They look what happened with Zephyr Teachout. They look what happened with uh, Cynthia Nixon. They, they, they've seen how Governor Cuomo punishes his political enemies. He's very, very good at that. So no Democrat wants to speak out and be on the wrong side of that. He has Andrew Cuomo until recently has had a very powerful political machine, and I still think he does, and and I think some Democrats are going to be in trouble because of it. But I think the reason why we're seeing all this sexual harassment stuff come out right now 
is because it's the only time where it would elicit any sympathy at all. People saw a weakness in Cuomo's defenses. And they said, this is the only time where I can say this and it will get taken seriously. Because you, Could you imagine at this point last year or in April or May of last year, any of this stuff coming out? Andrew Cuomo was being deified at this. I mean, for goodness sakes, people use the term Cuomo-sexual. You don't remember that stuff? So, sorry to remind you of the fact that people used Cuomo-sexual to describe their love of Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> Gross. It, it, that, that didn't age well, did it? No, people were talking about being a Cuomo-sexual, loving Cuomo, thinking how, how great he was for doing the press conferences every day. Could you imagine if someone brought out something like that right then, it, it would still be terrible. It should have gotten taken seriously, but it would have gotten buried. It would have gotten buried in, his, in the narrative that he was building around holding press conferences every day. No Democrat would touch it. No one would be calling for his resignation. I think the nursing home scandal was bad enough, heinous enough, it was ugly enough, cynical enough that Democrats are finally starting to look at all the other stuff that they've ignored because it would be political suicide to talk about. They, I think, frankly, maybe some Democrats were paying attention to it, saying stuff about it, but a lot of them were kind of go along, get along because they didn't want to risk their political careers to challenge Governor Cuomo on all the corruption. And, and someone posted a long thread about all the stuff he's done. I forgot about half the stuff. Like, I, I forget sometimes about the. <laughs> The, the the solar scandals that happened, the Moreland Commission stuff that happened. There's so much stuff out there. Remember, remember the SUNY scandals? Oh my goodness. There's so much out there. And to, to be fair, a lot of the newspapers have been reporting on it. And a lot of the, the base, Cuomo's core supporters, do not care. It doesn't matter to them. Most people, they look at Governor Cuomo and they say, there's a tough guy. He speaks for me. He fights for me. I want a fighter in office. I want someone who's going to, you know, be tough and do whatever he has to do to be on my side. I think that's how a lot of the Democratic base sees Governor Cuomo. And it's very similar to how, frankly, a lot of Republicans and conservatives saw President Trump. Governor Cuomo is playing a very similar strategy just on the other side is that he realizes he doesn't need to have the support of the political establishment and of the media in order for him to be successful. He can do things to speak to people directly, to have direct communication with his base, and they will love him for it. And it's wild to me that Governor Cuomo has the gall to say, well, I'm not part of their political game. He's trying to position himself as an outsider. What an absolute joke that is. The, the guy's literally a dynasty, a political establishment insider. His dad was governor. He worked for the Clinton administration. Are you, are you kidding me? No, he, he is the, 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 the pinnacle of a political establishment. And he's trying to say, oh, I'm not part of that game. Yeah, right. Does anyone buy this? Guys, sadly, the answer is yes. Quite a lot of people do. And, you know, I'm going to talk about the polls in a little bit. But the polls, 
I don't know why I read the polls, guys. They're, they're depressing. And I know, but before I talk about the polls, too, I know I, I look at the crosstabs. I see who they're asking. Yes, they're asking twice as many Democrats, Republicans, and Independents. I know that that's, that's the makeup of New York State, though. That's, that's what it looks like. Voter registration. Democrats have a huge advantage. And the fact of the matter is, is that a majority of Democrats still think that Governor Cuomo is doing a great job. So Governor Cuomo looks at these poll numbers and he realizes, I don't, I don't need to, to suck up to the establishment. I don't need to take the opinion of the people in the legislature seriously. I don't need to uh, take the take the media seriously. The media criticism bounces right off. He, he has his own way of doing, you know, fake news. And, and his way of doing that, too, is to, again, just hold press conferences and not invite the press or not let them answer questions or ask questions. That's all he does. He'll hold, a, he'll hold a phone conference, and people don't get to ask their questions fully. They have to get called on. And he knows the ones that are going to ask tougher questions. He'll give them more limited time to do that. When he holds on-TV press conferences, say they're closed to the press, he'll make up some reason like it's safety. We know it's not safety. Any of us paying attention know that's not what it's about. He's trying to craft his narrative. He's trying to make it so he speaks directly to his base so he can perpetuate the narrative that he's built of a governor who is communicating effectively and speaking directly to the needs of the New Yorkers that he's fighting for. It's all a sham, but man, people eat it up. This is a strategy that works incredibly well. It worked well for President Trump too. Governor Cuomo saw that, and he's thinking, why can't I do the same thing? Can I pull the same strategy but for his version of Democratic Party values? That's what I think is happening, is that Governor Cuomo is going to – I think he might pull it off. If the legislature doesn't have the guts to carry through with impeachment, and we're going to talk about after the break what Speaker Hesty has done – I think that the, the the process is starting to look like it's fixed. We're gonna see we're gonna see how it goes, but I'm starting to get skeptical that this is gonna work out. All right, so thanks again for joining us here on a free solution. If you want to participate in the conversation, give us a call 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We're gonna be back with more from a free solution in just a few minutes. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. We're here until 1 o'clock, so of course, if you want to call in, participate in the conversation, give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000 to call in. Or send me a comment online. I'll see them. Uh, the only comment I got so far is he, uh, he was also married to a Kennedy. Yeah, no, Governor Cuomo was an insider. To have him try to reposition himself as a political outsider is ridiculous, and and I, I hope I hope people don't fall for that because, yeah, he's he's the the consummate political insider. Uh, it, but let me let me talk about the poll numbers because there there's two polls that came out, one from Quinnipiac, one from uh, Siena poll, and I know I know we've been critical of, of these polls a little bit in the past, but I, but I do think it provides some valuable information. I know. 
it skews heavily Democrat when you're looking at the total, but it's still interesting to see. So, total votes, do you approve or disapprove the way Andrew Cuomo is handling his job as governor? Only 39% approve, 48% disapprove. His poll numbers are starting to sink in that way. But among Democrats, 62% still approve of the job that he is doing as governor. This is the, the Quinnipiac poll. So a lot of Democrats uh, still like him. It's still mostly favorable, not a majority, but still plurality of Democrats. 48% have favorable rating uh, according to this poll. 33% total favorability rating, 51% unfavorable. Um, and should Governor Cuomo run for re-election in 2022? Now, this is the part where he might be in trouble. Only 35% of Democrats say yes that he should run for governor again in 2022. 52% say no, they don't want him to do that. Only 25% think he should run for governor again in a couple of years. 66% say no. Uh, so this is this is one of the areas where he might actually be in trouble. The, the only area where he still has a significant amount of support is is actually among the black community. So, so black voters, uh, 53% say that he should run for re-election in 2022. But even in New York City, 32% say yes, 58% say no. Time to call it quits, Governor. Do you think he should resign? Only 23% of Democrats say yes, he should resign. 43% overall, 49% say no. So still a plurality of people do not think that Governor Cuomo should resign. With, With all this stuff going on, a plurality of people think that. Just fine. He can, he can continue doing his job as governor. And even fewer people think that he should be impeached and removed for office. Overall, 36% say yes, he should be impeached. 54% say no. 17% of Democrats say he should be impeached. 72% say no. They they do not think he should be impeached. Again, the, the big area where he has a lot of support is among the black community. That's uh, Black voters are overwhelmingly in favor of him not resigning, not being impeached. But, yeah, among Democrats, he's still got a lot of support. They don't think that what Governor Cuomo did, whether it's the sexual harassment stuff, the Tappan Bridge scandal, the nursing home scandal, none of that stuff, they don't think that he should resign over it. And they don't think that he should be impeached for it either. So Governor Cuomo might still be facing an impeachment trial, but it is deeply unpopular among the base of his party. And of course, people know this. The the Speaker knows this. The the Democratic senators know this. They know that they are going to face primary challenges from people that Governor Cuomo and his team puts up if they move forward aggressively with impeachment. And that they may lose the support of uh, the, the people that, that they need. It's wild to me, though. Again, the other things, too, they, they have stuff like, do, do, you, do you think he's trustworthy? Major, uh, plurality of Democrats. Yeah, they think he's trustworthy. After all this, 43% of Democrats still say, yeah, we could trust the guy. I don't know what would make you think that, Democrats. If you're a Democrat listening to this show, please call and enlighten me because I do not get it. I don't get why you would trust Andrew Cuomo after knowing all of this stuff. All of this. I mean, if you're a listener of this show, we, we talk about what he does all the time. 
I get why. Do you approve of the way Andrew Cuomo is handling the response to uh, coronavirus? 79% of Democrats say yes. 54% total say yes. 52% of independents say yes. They support Governor Cuomo in how he uh, handled the coronavirus. Now, it's an interesting thing. Uh, that I, I've been reading out the Quinnipiac poll numbers, but there's another one, the, the Siena poll numbers. Do you approve, and this is overall numbers, do you approve or disapprove of the job that Andrew Cuomo is doing to address the COVID-19 pandemic, 60% of people still say yes, they do approve. They think he's doing a great job. 33% say they disapprove. And that's down from 76% in June 2020, which is why I, I theorized earlier that uh, it would have been political suicide to uh, say anything against Andrew Cuomo last year. 62% of people say he's doing a great job communicating with people. Uh, vaccine rollout is great. 54% of people love that. Providing accurate information during the course of the pandemic. 53% say yes, doing an excellent or good job. Now, let's contrast that with a number, making public all data about COVID-related deaths of nursing home patients. Now, only 27% of people think that he's done a good job of that, despite the fact that 53% think he's provided accurate information during the course of the pandemic. What are, are are people paying attention when they're answering these questions? Do they do they know what they're answering? Oh yeah, no, he's done a great job, except for you know that time that he uh, implemented these policies that sent a bunch of COVID patients to nursing homes and then refused to release information about it to the legislature, to the public, and you know the the families, and then covered it up for political reasons. Except for that one little thing, yeah, he's been a great communicator. Except for that time that he covered up this uh, the, the deaths of seniors in nursing home facilities. For political reasons, he's doing great. What are you guys talking about? Who who is answering these? The, the, any of my listeners uh, take this poll? Did you answer this? Come on, what do you? Drives me nuts. Like how do how do you square those two stats? All right, and it sounds like we have a call on the line. Uh, Bob from Rochester. Bob, what's on your mind? I just wanted to to add a, a little bit here about Como. Um, to run for governor, uh, yeah, the uh, political parties, you have an opportunity to uh, have primaries. So on the Democratic uh, side here in Tacoma, the, uh, um, to run for governor, you, need, you used to have to have uh, 15,000 signatures. And uh, the problem is that you had to get the 15,000 signatures within a 30-day period which uh, cut out uh, most people. However, it wasn't good enough for uh, our, our uh, um, Mussolini that's in charge now. And so you know, now now he has uh, got the legislature to, or, or the whatever, whoever did it. Instead of 15,000, it's 45,000 in one month. So you see yeah. that you don't have any opportunity to challenge him. And the other thing that I wanted to bring up to the people that are listening is that uh, he also has a $50,000 raise. He's the highest priced, uh, as, far as, I, as far as I know, he's the highest priced governor in the uh, United States, and he's got a $50,000 raise. Yeah, making more money while we're going through a budget crisis, which is 
absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, no, that, that's a lot of good points there, Bob. And 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 this is how institutional powers like Governor Cuomo make it harder for people to to challenge their authority. Right? They just, you just raise the bar, and the, to some people, they'll write it off as, "Oh, it's fair. You gotta." Hey, if you got to collect forty five thousand signatures now, you know what's the big deal? If you're a serious candidate for governor, what's what? Why can't you do that? And and that's what independent nominating bodies are going to have to go through too. And I got to tell you, as someone who's participated in that process, who's been out there collecting signatures, it is tedious, it is long, and in particular, if you have to gather it for a single party, it is either very time consuming. You need a large organization, or it becomes very expensive. So it makes it so non-institutional players can't uh, access the political process because what ends up happening with people like Cuomo is that the the local parties, like the the you know county parties, town parties, they go and send their people out, collect the signatures for the establishment candidate, and they they don't have to work all that hard to do that um, because they've already built that political clout. But if you're an outsider trying to get that, you can't get the signatures that people have already signed. And you've got to go and get the support of your party members. So just breaking in to participate in the election is incredibly difficult. And then you've got to actually go out and, and, and run the election too. This is how the parties and the legislature, the people in office, this is how they keep keep the power. This is done on purpose. That's exactly it. Bob, thank you so much for the call. Appreciate you, you calling in and, and saying your piece. That's an important part of the conversation too. So thanks again for joining us, everyone here on The Free Solution. If you want to call in, at this conversation, too, give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back with more on a free solution in a few minutes. do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website, their hands on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. All right, welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for being here. We're live here on WYSL until 1 p.m., so give us a call if you want to participate in the discussion. Like Bob from the last segment, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. And shout out down the line to our friends over at WACK out in Newark and WENY, the Patriot, down in the southern tier. Thank you for listening here today and our friends listening online as well. Uh, 
appreciate you being here and engaging in the conversation. And just to wrap up the, the Cuomo stuff really quick is is this is why I think Cuomo's game is. I think he, he sees the writing on the wall. He sees that most Democrats are going to support him. I think that he thinks he can outlast the scandal, that the media and the, the talking folks like me will get tired of this before he does, and that most rank-and-file Democratic voters, just like they did with, with Trump, they, they're not really going to support impeachment. They're, they're gonna, he's making the same argument that the, the Trump team made in saying that impeachment would be undemocratic. You know, this is – he called it a Republican attack even though really the attack's coming from inside the House. It's the Democrats leading this. The Republicans, you know, kind of always you know, attack Cuomo and that's rightfully so. But a lot of this is coming from the Democrats, but he's going to blame the Republicans, say it's a partisan thing, saying that the Democrats participating in this process are just uh, – I don't know what the Democratic equivalent of, of Rhino is. I don't know if they use Dino, but like, go go look at the mentions or the, the the comments for like any politician who's posted that they're calling for Governor Cuomo to resign. The guy I ran against, Joe Morelli, look at his mentions. They're a mess, absolute mess. People are, are tearing him up for this. They're saying, "What about due process?" Blah blah blah. You know, okay, yeah, sure, due process, but like, here's a bunch of allegations, and also here's that the nursing home scandal. That's that's still happening. Remember all those deaths he covered up? That's still part of it. Tapsy Bridge scandal, salt scandal, the Moreland Commission scandal. Pick, pick your, your, your poison here. There's a million reasons why Governor Cuomo should have resigned forever ago. But Democrat rank and file, tearing him up. And then we have the, the Assembly Speaker, you know, allegedly saying that the, uh, he, they, they, they picked the, the people running the, uh, impeachment inquiry without actually consulting with the Judiciary Committee. The the members of that committee that's supposed to be leading the investigation didn't get to choose uh, Davis Polk as a law firm to conduct the impeachment inquiry. This Carl, Carl Hesty just did it. And there is some insinuation to say, and I tweeted about this yesterday uh, from uh, Zach Fink, and saying that uh, there is a connection between this firm that uh, and other Cuomo allies like Janet DeFore. So I, I've got to look into this a bit more, but it kind of kind of feels like the fix is in. It kind of feels like we're going to do a show of an investigation, and they're going to find Cuomo innocent, and they're going to say, "See, we did our thing." Moving on. That's going to be the end of the story. I'm sure some of the media outlets will persist, but Governor Cuomo, he knows how to, to work the system. He knows that he can leverage his connections to give the air of legitimacy and having an investigation. Even if he did do something real, this is – it's going to be something that's going to be hard for people like me to trust. It doesn't seem like this is going to be done in good faith, that there's not objective people looking into – what happened with sexual harassment, and hopefully a deeper investigation into the nursing home scandal too. We'll see if the feds do that. But Governor Cuomo thinks that he can fight this, and it looks like the base may have him. And if he can continue to maintain a certain level of support for a while, his reelection numbers will probably go back up because people will forget 
they'll get tired of this, and then they'll wonder why why are the the members of the assembly and the senate still attacking our guy. Remember Cuomo? He did such a great job on COVID. He did awesome on COVID. Do you remember? So I don't remember that. But the Democratic base seems to remember that. They they built this narrative in their head, and it's hard to unstick it. They they are loyal to their guy. And as someone who doesn't belong to either tribe, man, this type of stuff drives me absolutely nuts. All right, so I'm going to shift gears a little bit because I want to talk about what happened in Atlanta a bit too. And again, Larry did a whole show on this yesterday. You should listen to this show. But you know, I kind of want to give my two cents on what's going on there too. There, there, so just to cover it really quickly, there's a shooting in Atlanta. Uh, a guy went after, I think, three massage parlors. Uh, it's the discussion around it's really interesting, and, and I want to kind of discuss the discussion. It's a meta conversation here. So, the discussion around this is like this was an anti Asian hate crime, uh, even though that is not the stated reason for why the shooter did this. So, and just, just to clarify, he had uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, so he, he had killed several people, uh, I think. Two thirds of which were of Asian descent. Not everyone was, but but many of them were, and you know they seemed to be targeted because he the what the shooter said was basically they were tempting him. He, he felt that uh, they they were tempting him because he felt that they were li- related to sex work, and so that's the part of this conversation that I think is getting overrun because the whole conversation is this is an anti-Asian hate crime. And we do need to talk about that. And I'm going to spend the last segment talking about that. Like what is going on with Asian uh, targeted hate crimes? What's happening there? What we might be able to do about it and how we can understand the situation a bit more effectively. But right now the FBI is telling uh, the public, you know, at this moment it doesn't appear that the motive was racially motivated. Other organizations and experts on the Asian American community are saying that it was because although the shooter is saying that this was related to temptations, that that's kind of what he he called it. He said that it was his related temptations. The Asian American Pacific Islander community is saying you can't disentangle the two because there's this association with foreign Asian women and sex work. But I do think we need to talk about the sex work aspect of it. You know, you, this is this part of it. You know, the the even if they were participating in sex work, even if they were, it would not be okay for someone to do this. This guy's a real piece of garbage. You, know, you don't you don't go and kill people because you think they're tempting you. you no, know, it's it's an ugly thing to do. So we need to talk about that. I think that part's getting ignored. The, the part that the mainstream media wants to focus on is President Trump talked about COVID-19 as the China virus. Therefore, that caused this hate crime and a wave of other anti-Asian hate crimes across the country. And I think that vastly oversimplifies what happened here and what's going on in other parts of the country. And there's this conflation being had between criticizing the Chinese government and anti-Asian sentiment overall. And it's a weird thing I've seen 
progressives, both uh, media professionals and and kind of average people talk about is they say, see, because President Trump called it the China virus, this is why this happened. No, that, that's that's not really the case. I think we need to talk about this as a sex worker thing. I think that it could be related to anti-Asian sentiment because there's – I think it's a fair point that people associate Asian-owned massage parlors with sex work fairly or unfairly. That's, that's what people associate with those places, and that's why he seemed to have attacked these places because he had a, a personal issue with, with sex work and the, the temptation that it had. That's not the right, right way to go about it. And so what I want to get to, though, is where does this come from? Where is the anti-Asian sentiment coming from? And how, can, how we can disentangle that from criticism of the Chinese government? Because these are not the same thing. And see, the, the folks come out of the woodwork and say, because we've run headlines criticizing the Chinese government for COVID and for other things – you know, we now have anti-Asian hate crimes. That's nonsense. The Chinese government deserves criticism for so many things, and they are not one in the same with Asian Americans. It is not the same thing. And if you are conflating the two, if you are a person who goes out and attacks a person who looks Asian because you don't like the Chinese government, then you are an idiot. Reconsider your life choices. Do better. My goodness, what is wrong with you? This is not to say – a random Asian person in upstate New York, and I'm not saying that's happened here. It might have, but a random Asian person in upstate New York has nothing to do with what the Chinese government is doing. Nothing to do with that. If you're thinking of attacking someone because of that, you're a moron, and you deserve our scorn. Don't do that. But we can't not criticize the Chinese government because of, of what progressives are saying about this. We need to do both. We can do both of these things. So when we come back, we'll talk about that, and we'll talk a little bit more about how we can do better here and and some of the causes of, of what's happening with, with anti-Asian crimes, which are actually up in the United States. We'll talk about that, what the numbers are. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. We'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Kevin Wilson, the host of A Free Solution. If you're enjoying this episode right now, you think that me and Larry Sharp are providing good content to you, I'd appreciate you doing us a favor. We have a Patreon now. If you go to patreon.com slash a free solution, pledge to donate five, ten dollars a month, just a, a few bucks a week, and this helps us create new content, hire better researchers, get better guests, and Helps us stay on air, too, because it's not totally free to be on the air. Give $5, $10 a month to our Patreon, and as a reward, we also give you exclusive early access to some of our episodes and bonus content as well, stuff that you will no longer be able to find on the podcast. So go to patreon.com slash a free solution to support our show and make sure that me and Larry Sharp can give you the best content possible. Thanks. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host of today. And, you know, we're talking about what happened in Atlanta in, in the broader context for you know, the media narrative around this, which is, a, you know, a, a rise in the number of Asian American Pacific Islander hate crimes. And it is, it is true that there is a, a rise in the number uh, of attacks 
uh, against Asian Americans are number of reported attacks. Uh, the reasons behind that are, I think, more complicated than President Trump called COVID-19 China virus. It's more complicated than that. I mean, I, I'm sure there are people out there who think that they can attack Asian people because President Trump said that, but that, that isn't all of what's happening here. Uh, that's and if you do think it's okay to attack random Asian people, because as I said in the last segment, you're you're a moron. Um, and just to to reiterate my last point too, uh, even I and I don't I don't know what the situation is here, but even if anyone was legitimately participating in sex work in that situation, I and I don't know that they were, but uh, there's still people too, and so that's something that. Attacking someone because they're even perceived to be involved in sex work, it's not okay. Those are, those are still humans. They're still people. They're, they're doing a business that you know other people want, and they deserve life, at least. They, they, they have rights as well. You disagree with what's going on, but they don't deserve to die. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the, the guy who did this, and I'm not going to say his name, uh, piece of garbage. Like, and anyone who does that type of stuff, uh, you're a bad person. I don't think that's a controversial statement to say, uh, but the the way the media and the progressives are trying to put this into context is say, oh, see, uh, we've done all these headlines where we've criticized China, therefore that's caused a rise in Asian American attacks, and that is nonsense. The Chinese government is not the same as all Asian people. It is the Chinese government is a legitimate and necessary target of criticism. You know, starting with. The COVID-19 response because they did really go slow on responding to this, on communicating with the rest of the world what was happening with COVID-19. still think they're probably covering up part of that. Uh, I, I think that there's enough evidence about the whole Wuhan lab situation to look into. I, I don't usually... You guys know I'm not usually like much into like, oh, is there a conspiracy here? But in this case, I don't think that my, my hunch is that China didn't do this on purpose, is that they're following in a long line of communist tradition of being totally incompetent, releasing something into the world, and then trying to cover it up. There's there's enough there because they were working on these types of coronaviruses at the Wuhan lab, lay at the bats, that they could have accidentally released it. Could have happened. You know, the, look, look at the history of the communists doing terrible, awful things and then pretending like nothing happened. They did it with Chernobyl. They've done it with, well, several other things in, in Soviet history. Chinese government has as well. It is something that's pretty common. They don't want to lose face. So if they screwed up in this way in their country and released a global pandemic because of experimentations in labs that are you know, sometimes necessary, that type of stuff is usually meant to prevent future pandemics. You're doing research on it, but if they released it, then I think it's enough to look into. Uh, I haven't. I, I'm not enough of an expert to, to say that definitively. But criticizing the Chinese government for that, for the situation with the Uyghurs, where it seems like they are putting them in concentration camps, uh, where they're trying to allegedly commit a, a cultural genocide of the the Muslim population. There, that's worth criticizing them for. It's worth criticizing them for the IP issues, the intellectual property issues. How uh, they 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 just outright steal stuff from American companies and they don't play fair on a global uh, uh, field uh, for for trade, for intellectual property. These are all things worth criticizing. 
Same with their response to Hong Kong as well. Hong Kong, which is a relatively free city-state within China, though those people certainly don't sympathize with the the mainland Chinese government. No, they they want to be free. They want to be free to just live their lives and conduct trade and talk about whatever they want and form their own government. They want independence, it seems, or at least some level of autonomy. They are not the same as the Chinese government. We don't have to conflate an entire nation with a race of people because Asia isn't just China. It's, it's a whole bunch of stuff. So to say that all of the rise in anti-Asian crimes and it's and some like New York City had like three reported incidents in 2019 and like 24 in 2020, which I know was it, it was considered a, a like a 1900% rise in crime. It's it's three to 24. It's still a serious thing. These things happen. Some of these it, it's really hard to tell to what's happening with why someone committed an attack. There's the one out in uh, California recently where some random white guy just like attacked an old Asian lady. Like, why was that racially motivated? Maybe that that one might have been it. There's another one though. There's a, a video going around of like some uh, some uh, guy. Uh, was it? He was a, a black guy. He just shoves an old guy down, and kills him. Out in Oakland, it's horrifying. Why did he do that? And that that's part of the narrative of like the anti-Asian hate crime. And and so. Did that guy do this because that man was Asian? I don't know. Or, you know, another one where uh, an Asian person got uh, their face slashed in New York City. Was that an anti-Asian hate crime? Maybe. People are shouting stuff, terrible things, racist, racist things at Asian people in, in cities across the country. It's a terrible thing. We, we should do that. I'm not trying to dismiss that this happens. But I think the reasons are more complicated than President Trump. Because a lot of these things are happening where low-income communities are close together and there's tension for other long-standing historical reasons. And, and some of that might be exacerbated by the perception of coronavirus as, as an Asian thing, or it could be exacerbated by the fact that people are desperate and on edge because of unemployment and poverty and all sorts of other factors that go into this point is this isn't a simple thing and and the mainstream media wants to 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 continue blaming trump for this stuff and and that's really dangerous because it ignores the actual problems that are happening on the ground there there are complex reasons for why this type of stuff is happening and a lot of it probably has to do with the the again the conflict of like communities living closer together and there being tension and poverty and desperation in those communities. That's what I would say is a larger part of that. But are people getting attacked just because they're racist? Yeah, probably. Is it, are people getting racial slurs thrown at them? Yeah, probably. We should do something about We should be aware of that. To blame President Trump, though, way too simple. Way too simple about what's going on. And it ignores a larger problem and gives people an excuse. Oh, we've said that we've said Trump is bad. Therefore, we've done our job. No, you haven't. That's not where the real work needs to get done. Don't be lazy. So what happened here? Awful thing. Awful thing. I, 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 I feel sorry and I, I pray for the families of the victims of the Atlanta shooting. And yeah, if, if Asian Americans are facing discrimination, 
We should do stuff about that. We should. Let's just not write it off as a, a simple solution. We need to do the work of educating people about what the root problems are and how to address those. All right, so that's all I got in that. So I appreciate you being here. Appreciate you listening in. Uh, and and we'll, we'll probably keep talking a little bit more about this because I, I think it's interesting, but I, I don't want to... I want to put it into narrow of a category. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. We're going to be back. Well, Larry will be back on Monday. I'm off Mondays for the month of March. Larry will be back on Monday and Tuesday. I'll be back next Wednesday. Thanks again for joining us. Have a wonderful weekend.